Will you please turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John and chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. It is the second week of Advent, and this year we're celebrating and looking at Advent through the lens of the Gospel of John. And in John's perspective, he doesn't tell the story of the angels appearing. He he doesn't talk a lot about uh, Joseph and Mary. Uh, His focus is on who Jesus was and who Jesus still is. And according to John, Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. And so that is our sermon series, as you can see on the slide. And for us today, it's going to mean a lot. But today, particularly, uh, this Advent season, we are witnesses to the light that shined in the darkness. That's what we'll see. The focus is this morning in our text. Uh, Let me pray first, and then I will read our passage. Blessed be your name, O Lord. This world was dark because of our sin, and so you sent your Son to be the light to shine in that darkness. We have seen it. We testify to it. Your light has opened our eyes. Your light gives us hope. Your light guides our steps, our actions. We are committed to your light, Lord. Because apart from your light, we are stuck in the darkness. Lord, now as we open your word and look at it, uh, shine your light into any darkness left in our hearts and minds. Those little corners of darkness where some of us might be hiding secret thoughts, secret pleasures, secret fantasies, secret sins. Lord, please shine your light directly into that spot because it will be for our good and for your glory as your light shines into our darkness. Open our eyes now in your word that we might see your light. In Christ's name we ask and pray. Amen. Well, we've been in John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 this morning. It's also on the back of the bulletin if you don't have a Bible with you. Uh, John 1, 1, John 1, verses 6 through 8. Uh, This is the word of our Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. That's John 1, 6 through 8. Our sermon series is called The Light Shines in the Darkness, and the light that is shining in the darkness is not John, who wrote the gospel, or John the Baptist, who we're going to talk about this morning. The light that shines in the darkness is Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, fully God and fully man, the second person of the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, from eternity past, created the world, had perfect community, invited us into that with our first parents, Adam and Eve. We broke that fellowship with our sin when our first parents sinned. We ushered the darkness into this dark world. And so the second person of the Trinity comes as a man and is the light that shines into the darkness. 
In our passage this morning, we're seeing John the Gospel writer tell us about John the Baptist who came just before Jesus was incarnate. And uh, we see three things about John this morning. First, John was not the light. John was not the light. Second, John was sent from God. And third, to bear witness. Three things about John the Baptist this morning. Not the light, sent from God, to bear witness. And not only is John the Baptist these three things, not the light, sent from God, to bear witness, but you and I are these three things as well. In fact, the best way to celebrate Advent is to make sure that you build and we build into our homes and families and workplaces a rhythm of celebrating the first coming of Jesus and longing for the second coming of Jesus. Celebrating the first Advent of Jesus and longing for the second Advent of Jesus. But we're not the light, but we're sent from God, and we are to bear witness. Uh, Some of you were able to go caroling on Friday night. What were you? What did you do? Well, you were not the light, that's Jesus, but you were sent from God, and you were there to bear witness. Uh, What did some of the women do yesterday during our ladies' Christmas brunch? Well, you ladies and the men serving were not the light, but you were sent from God to bear witness to the light. Uh, Some of us, and we're all invited, sign up in the library afterwards. We're going to go into Skipback this Saturday night, and we're going to sing carols, and we got a table set up, and what are we going to be? Well, we're not the light, but we're going to be sent from God to bear witness. What is the application step from the sermon going to be? Spoiler alert. This Advent season, ask God to help you bear witness to the light. This Advent season, ask God to help you bear witness to the light. Like John the Baptist, we are not the light, sent from God to bear witness. Let's look at each one in turn. First, not the light. John the Baptist was not the light. Verse 8, look at verse 8 now, John 1. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. If you studied your Bible at all, you know that John the Baptist is a very important figure. He's born a little bit before Jesus, and then as they grow up, John the Baptist goes out on a a mission to share the good news and pointing the way to the coming Messiah. And uh, he shows up on the scene a little bit before Jesus does. He's a very unique and special character. His birth was announced by angels. He spent time in the wilderness. Jesus calls John the Baptist more than a prophet. I mean, that's high praise. He's so famous that even his death is famous. Herod Antipas, also called King Herod, got married outside of God's design for marriage, and John wasn't having any of it. He spoke out against that, and it angered lots of people. If you know the story, after a birthday party dance gone wrong and an angry woman's wish granted, Herod had John beheaded, Because John the Baptist had no respect for Herod's marriage. And so John was famously beheaded for being faithful to God's calling in his life. So John the Baptist, his birth is famous. His life is famous. His death is famous. And yet, and here's the great news for you and me. His life was just like ours. He was just a man, a human like you and me. His specific role was to point to the light of Jesus at a specific time and place in human history. But John was not the light. He was not the light. 
And that's good news because neither are we. Uh, Raise your hand if you've already set up at least one nativity set. At least one nativity set. Not even half the hands. Wow, I was expecting more hands. There's still time. There's still time. Uh, Think about nativity sets. Some of you set them up. Uh, What's the story of the nativity all about? Well, the main character is Jesus, right? But all the other human characters in our nativity sets are sinners, like John the Baptist and like you and me. Every other human being in the gospel stories announcing the birth of Jesus, every other human being was born needing the light of the world to shine into their darkness. Every other human being, including John the Baptist, was born needing a savior. Every other human being in the gospels is a sinner who envied or lusted or got angry, sinfully angry, or gossiped. Every other character sinned and fell short of God's glory. And yes, Joseph and Mary had a special assignment. And the wise men had a special assignment. John the Baptist had a special assignment. But God uses whoever he chooses. God uses whoever he chooses to do great things. Let me ask a question for the youth, the teenagers, or youth ministry folks here. Uh, When I ask this question, who comes to mind? Don't shout it out, but uh, who's popular? Uh, Who do you think of? Who is special? Who does everyone at school or on the bus or in the neighborhood or in the youth ministry, who does everybody like? Who does everybody talk about? Who's special? I bet when I ask that question, teenagers, someone or two people came to mind immediately. Oh, that's the person everybody wants to be like. That's the person everybody thinks is pretty cool. Well, you know what? The Christmas story reminds us, even when we look at someone as special as John the Baptist, that God does not keep score like that. God does not think, oh, in a church like Cornerstone, there's three standouts and everybody else is just going to have to take a back seat because the VIPs and the MVPs and God's going to do great things through them, but the rest of us are just going to have to sit back and watch. That is not how God does it. It is not a popularity contest. John the Baptist was not the light, so God uses not the light to shine the light of Jesus into this world. Think about it. This month, God could use you, teens, adults, kids, God could use you to do greater things than John the Baptist ever did. He could. He could. You could be the person this month in this Advent season who encourages the discouraged and changes a life this month. You could be the person this Advent season because you're trying to shine the light of Jesus who reminds someone of amazing grace. And their heart is comforted with the good news of the gospel again. This Advent season, you could give someone hope for tomorrow who on the day you give them that hope did not have hope for tomorrow. This Advent season, you could let someone know they're loved and remind them that they're loved by their heavenly father. This Advent season, you could lead someone closer to Jesus or maybe to Jesus for the first time. This Advent season, and maybe even today after the service, you could pray with someone who so desperately needs prayer, but who would never ask for it. And next year, they'll tell the story of how God met them in their darkest darkness by you 
saying, can I pray with you today? Jesus shines his light into the darkness. He did it through John the Baptist and he can do it through us. But we have to remember that we are not the light. You are not the light of the world, right? We are in a sense, I'll get to that in a minute, but you individually are not the light of the world that shines into the darkness. Jesus is the light. He is the one who can shine into someone's darkness. So we have to remember this Advent season with the songs and the decorations and the gifting and the celebrations and going to concerts and whatever else we do, we have to set our hearts and minds on Jesus Christ first so that our mind is fully focused on him for his light to shine through us. And that's a real challenge these days. We are surrounded now with a quickly growing religion of the self, the massive religion in our culture. It doesn't have a name yet, but it's the religion of the self, the religion of you, of you first. Don't care what anyone else thinks. You decide truth for yourself. You have the light inside of you and everybody else If they don't expect you and love you and respect your light, well then, cancel them out of your life. Uh, The number one best-selling nonfiction book right now is all about how we have our own light and we shine our own light. One of the quotes making the rounds is this. When we are able to recognize our own light, we become empowered to use it. And that's trying to find the hope for the world inside of us when the gospel tells us that the problem in the world is inside of us and the hope in the world is outside of us in Jesus Christ. It's the opposite of the gospel message. Of course, you all have gifts and abilities and personalities and some of you have great recipes for yummy Christmas treats. And that is a great way to shine a light of Jesus in this world. We all are special. We all are unique. Yes, but the light that can make a difference in the world is not a light that starts inside of us, but rather the person and work of Jesus Christ who came that first Christmas, lived his life, and died in the place of sinners so that the world full of darkness can have light. And when Jesus is shining in and through you and me, that then is the light that changes lives. John the Baptist was not the light. And if it wasn't for John the Baptist, if it wasn't for Jesus, who is John the Baptist? If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have even known about John the Baptist. Unless, of course, one of my favorite jokes was still being told up till this day. That's the only way, other than Jesus, you would know who John the Baptist was. Although he wouldn't have been John the Baptist if Jesus hadn't come. Uh, What's the difference between, or what's, what do Winnie the Pooh and John the Baptist have in common? They have the same middle name. Okay, don't tell that one again. What is my point? Okay, John the Baptist is in one of my favorite jokes. He is. Apart from Jesus Christ, John the Baptist would have been John, the guy named John. He would have been John. I would have been Dave. You would have been you. Apart from Jesus... This dark world would have had no hope and we would have just been us all alone with no redemption, with no forgiveness, with no hope for tomorrow, with no hope for eternal life. John the Baptist was special not because he was John the Baptist, but because Jesus was the light that shined into the darkness and he picked John to point to Jesus and that's 
what made John the Baptist special. Not John the Baptist, Jesus the Savior, the light of the world, is why we know John the Baptist. All we have to be is not the light, pointing to the light. Our first point is John the Baptist was not the light. You and I are not the light. And guess what? That takes all the pressure off of us. We can't be the light in someone's life. We can't give someone eternal hope. Since we're not the light, all we need to do is point to the light and say, do you see the light? Can I tell you about the light? We are, like John, not the light. We just point to it. That's point number one. John and us are not the light. Point number two, sent from God. John the Baptist was sent from God, and so are we. Look at verse six. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. All right, his name was John, but that's not the thing that's significant. What is significant is that John, the gospel writer, tells us that John the Baptist was sent from God. He was a messenger from God. And this is our connection in the Gospel of John to the Christmas stories that we tell and to the Advent season. He was sent from God. Christmas is about the impossible. Some of you know the stories and you like to read the stories throughout the Advent devotionals and the Advent season. Uh, John's father, Zechariah, knows that when John, the Gospel writer, says that John was sent from God— Zechariah knows how miraculous this was. Zechariah was was working in the temple at the time when he heard the news that he and his wife uh, were going to have a child. Uh, But Zechariah knew that this was impossible because they were too old. Well, Christmas is about the impossible. So in Luke 1, 18, Zechariah asked the angel after the angel said, you're going to have a child. He says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Well, here's your annual reminder that 2,000 years ago, they did know how babies were made. They did know that people of that age could not have babies. Uh, Zechariah actually says in the original Greek, she had a case of the years. (laughs) Right? In the Old King James, it was stricken in years, right? What's the contest? Who's the oldest? Well, years of life, we have a winner. Uh, You know what Elizabeth maybe wished she was doing. Right, John was sent from God. This is a powerful reminder. Christmas reminds us that God does the impossible. Elizabeth was at the stage where her friends were going to their grandkids' weddings. She never had a kid and wanted one, but never had a kid. That's the stage in life that she was at. Zechariah knew it was humanly impossible, Uh, So later in Luke 1, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now, remember this, now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So the angel has good news for Zechariah. He has trouble believing it because it was humanly impossible. And then he can't talk. And it says, meanwhile... The people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And then this part's just funny. Verse 22. When Zechariah came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. 
And so this is really funny. Imagine um, Zechariah's excitement. We're going to have a baby. This is going to be amazing. But he's not allowed to talk about it. So he goes outside to his buddies outside the temple. Imagine how he would have posted online about this, right? If he had Snapchat. That awkward moment when you're at work and an angel appears. And then you can't tell anyone because you can't talk. Hashtag angels. Hashtag wish I was good at charades. What's the charade for? I got a message from an angel. I don't know. What is it? What's the charade for? Uh, my wife, who's too old to get pregnant, is going to become pregnant. What, how do you charade that? All of this is the reminder that God stepped into the darkness and did miracle after miracle after miracle to make the first Christmas happen. When John says that John the Baptist was sent from God, he's telling your heart that when the darkness is dark, God steps in and does something about it. Even if it's humanly impossible, he did and he does and he will. Christmas is about the impossible happening. John was sent from God. His birth was impossible, but more impossible than the news of his birth was the news that John was going to point the way to the one who would be the savior of the world, who would restore our relationship that we broke by sin with God, our creator. That news, the angel tells John's dad, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Why? To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. John's role was to prepare the world, the dark world, the dying world, the sorrowful world, the suffering world, the painful world, or from yesterday, the weary world, to get them ready to receive their Savior's birth with gladness. And John did. He prepared the world for Jesus. John was sent from God, and so are we, and so are we. Point number three, we're not the light, we're sent from God to bear witness, to bear witness. Look at verse 7 now, verse 7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Friends, this is such a privilege, isn't it? God decided that we could be witnesses of the greatest thing that has ever happened in human history and God sends us into this world to just be a witness to the greatest thing ever. What a privilege for us to have seen in our hearts and lives the redemption of God, the resurrection of Jesus, to know the glory of our creator, to have our sins forgiven, to know with all the shame and guilt and failure in our lives, on our resume, to know that it's forgiven. To know that, to be witness to redemption in a world that needs it. What a privilege. God picked you and me to be his witnesses. What a privilege. We're all witnesses to lots of things. We are. We're all witnesses. And people who witness amazing things, they often tell their friends about it. Let's have a little fun this morning. Uh, raise your hand if you remember where you were when the following things happened, okay? Where you were when the following things happened. Uh, do you remember where you were at this exact time last Sunday? Okay, raise your hand if you remember where you were. Okay, 
I remember where I was. I was right here. Okay, raise your hand if you remember where you were this past New Year's Eve that night. You know exactly where you were. You remember where you were. I see a lot of little discussions. Where were we? I don't remember where we were. Okay, my, one of my favorites. Raise your hand if you remember where you were February 4th, 2018. Yes, February 4th, 2018. Thank you, thank you. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You don't have that date memorized? All right. I grew up in Pennsylvania. My whole life I've lived in Pennsylvania. Raise your hand if you remember where you were during the storm of the century, the snow blizzard of 1993. All right. Lots of hands. It affected like the entire East Coast. I remember where I was. All right. One more. One more. Uh, I can't say I remember where I was for this one because I wasn't for this one. You remember where you were when Neil Armstrong took man's first steps on the moon? You remember where you were? Oh, look at all those hands. More hands went up than have uh, set up a nativity set already. (laughs) We're witnesses. We're witnesses to things in life. We're always saying, have you seen this? Did you read that? How about this? Did you hear this news? Did you hear this news? Did you see I was there for this? I want to tell a story. I want to tell a story. We are naturally witnesses. We love to tell stories and hear people tell stories. That's most of our conversations are just telling stories. Here's where I was when this happened. In my home, in my workplace, in the world. But we all, if you have seen the light of Jesus... You are the witness to the greatest thing in the history of the world. You have wonderful news that our weary world needs to hear this month. And so God sends us into the world to be a witness. In Acts 1, Jesus says this to his followers, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, which includes Skipak. In Montgomery County. And all the witness needs to do is point. It's not a hard job, right? All you have to do is say, I've seen something amazing. If you uh, have ever taken kids or grandkids or the neighbor's kids to watch fireworks, once they're old enough to not be completely terrified by them, all you do, you see the firework in the sky, the lights go off, it's dark, and you can see it, and you look at the little kid and you go, look, All a witness does when some amazing light is in the sky is get someone's attention and say, look, look at the light. Look at the light. Isn't that amazing? (gasps) Wow. Look at that. And you want the little kid or the adult you're talking to to go, there's a light in this dark world. (gasps) I want to know more about the light. That's all it takes to be a witness. So what's the application step from this sermon? This Advent season, ask God to help you bear witness to the light of Jesus. Jesus tells us that his light can become clear in our lives as we walk with him and trust him. And then he even says that we actually are his light in the world. He says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So Jesus has his lights in this world, and he's not going to put a a, a basket over top of us. He says in the same way, let your light shine before others, 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Friends, the world is dark and everyone knows it. It needs light. Jesus himself is the light of the world, but Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father and his light is shining in us and through us. So by extension, we actually are the light of the world. How are people going to find out this week that there's light in this dark world? They're going to find out from someone who has the light of Jesus in them. They're going to find out from you or me. As the light of Jesus shines in and through us. Not our light. We're not the light. But the light of Jesus shines in and through us. He leaves us here on earth to be lesser lights that point to the light of the world. So a question would be, how are we planning on being bright as lights this month? I looked up recently the brightest light in the world. The brightest light in the world. Uh, last I checked, it was the Luxor lamp on top of a casino in Las Vegas. And they measure light intensity in candelas. Uh, one single candela is equivalent to one candle light. So up here we have two candelas on the Advent candles because two candles, that's two candelas worth of light. The Luxor lamp is 42.3 billion candelas. It's the brightest light in the world. On a clear night, you can see it from 275 miles away. That's from here to Boston or here to Niagara Falls or going south to North Carolina. But is that the brightest light on earth? The Luxor lamp can be seen from 275 miles away. It is not the brightest light in the world. The light of Jesus shining in and through us is the brightest light in the world. And there isn't just one on top of a casino in Las Vegas. But Jesus Christ has a billion lights all over this world shining in every corner of the darkness, in every place that does not love Jesus, in every place overwhelmed by corruption and misery and suffering and loss and depravity. Jesus this week is sending all of his lights out into the world to shine bright all over the world. And right now, let me suggest something to you. As the world around us is getting darker and more confusing, the light of Jesus is going to be shining even brighter. Okay, as the light around us gets dimmer and dimmer, as the world around us gets darker and darker, the light of Jesus will shine even brighter. Uh, this past Tuesday was uh, C.S. Lewis's birthday. He's no longer around, but uh, C.S. Lewis was his birthday. And online I saw quotes going around. Uh, he's my favorite author, both nonfiction and fiction. And so I, I wanted to share two quotes from Lewis today. Number one, he says this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Either the world is dark and Jesus is the only hope of a dying dark world, or it's all a fraud and it's a fake story and it's made up and he hasn't really been raised from the dead and there is no hope for this world. The only thing Christianity can't be, the only thing our Advent celebrations can't be is moderately important. 
I think that's really helpful as we think about what we're doing this Advent. This Advent, if we aren't as a church and as God's people committed to singing about the light and shining the light and sharing the light, we're acting as if Christianity is just moderately important. And so our challenge is to not act like the Advent of Jesus is this average sort of okay thing. Imagine uh, an average new restaurant opens up. Anybody want to dream one day of opening an average restaurant? We might go enjoy the food, but we wouldn't be witnesses to it. We wouldn't tell everyone about it. Hey, you want to grab an okay burger? Anybody want to get an average salad with me? Hey, let's go get some edible slices of pizza. You wouldn't share about it. But as we share about Jesus, do we share about him like that? If we're being honest, do we hide how amazing his light really is? Are we ashamed of that light? May God give us the courage and joy to share that light of Jesus as if it really is the most amazing thing. And here's why we need these reminders this morning, because it has to start in your heart and in your home. The light of Jesus has to shine in your heart and in your home. If it's going to shine in you and through you, You have to fill your mind every day with the gospel. Maybe this season with an Advent devotion, with the stories of Advent, sing those songs or have them on on the radio. Carol to yourself and others. Sing Christmas songs in the shower. Decorate with lights because they point to the greater light in the darkness. Maybe you'll read a family or personal Advent devotional. But ask God for opportunities to share about the light. It's the greatest news. Go tell it on the mountain. Okay, second quote from C.S. Lewis. And since I'm such a big fan of Lewis, I actually know this is not a C.S. Lewis quote. But every time you see it, it's attributed to C.S. Lewis. So there's no evidence. No one can find this in any of Lewis's writings. But I think it's really going to be helpful as we think about Advent this year. Because right now, the darkness around us in the Western world is really feeling dark. So Lewis didn't say this. When the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. Friends, some of you are in environments where the world is running to the edge of a cliff. And you will stand out if you simply have hope in your heart. You will stand out If you're simply not confused, you will stand out while the whole world is running off a cliff. You will stand out just by not running with the crowd off the cliff. So if every day your heart and mind are fixed on Jesus and you are calm and hopeful right now, his light will shine in the darkness. I'm encouraged by that. Our neighbors need the light that shines in the darkness because, friends, that's what it was all about. For John the Baptist, John tells us that the goal for John and the goal for us is the same. Look one last time as we close in verse 7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Why? That all might believe through him. John prepared the way for people to believe in Jesus. We are invited to celebrate Advent in ways that prepare others. Our family, our extended family, our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers, our schoolmates, our neighborhood friends. 
We are invited to celebrate Advent in ways that prepare others to believe in Jesus for the light to shine into their darkness. And so we remember, like John the Baptist, we are not the light. And that's good news. It takes all the pressure off of us. We just point away to the light. We are sent from God. The Great Commission is still in commission. We are sent from God. And third, to bear witness. Friends, what a privilege to be called by God to shine the light of Jesus into this dark world. And so I'll end with the words of Jesus I mentioned earlier. I'll end with the words of the light who overcame the darkness. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. May God shine his light through us. Let me pray. Lord, help us fix our eyes on Jesus, the light of the world. Help us fill the rhythms of our home and our workplaces and our schools and our neighborhoods with the light of Jesus. Help us do it in word and in deed. Help us do it in song and in service. Help us do it in prayer and in hopeful hearts in a dark and hopeless world. Lord, may your light shine in and through us so that many would come to believe the true light who shines in the darkness, Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Thank you for shining your light into our darkness. Now, Lord, shine through us for our good and your glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen.